0: Hey everyone, welcome to Biased and Arizona Basketball Podcast. I am your
1: host Ricky Garrett here with Ed Bardo, sitting here in Los Angeles, trying to get my way back home to Tucson. But interesting enough, here in the land of the UCLA Bruins, who we will be facing tonight in the championship game of the Pac-12. What do you, th- what are you thinking, Ricky? Is it going to be exciting? It better be. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you that much. It better be. Uh, we'll talk about UCLA in just a second. We're going to discuss the Arizona versus ASU matchup, uh, ASU 3.0. Um, so Arizona won 78 to 59. Uh, Arizona shot 57% from the field. ASU shot 32%. Uh, Arizona shot 53% from three-point lands while ASU shot 23%. And then free throws, kind of confusing. Arizona shot 43% from the free throw line, while ASU shot 69%. Um, so far, my overall thoughts for the ASU game last night were Arizona's defensive intensity was so much stronger uh, than it has been in the past couple of games, and especially uh, since the last game ASU played Arizona and McHale. I thought the ball pressure was fantastic. Uh, still a little frustrated with Tubellas, and maybe that's just my fault. You know, he is what he is on defense at this point. Uh, he's so good on offense, so it's hard to critique him too much, uh, but it just felt like there were certain times where he was lazy getting out to the ball or getting a rebound. Um, But overall, I'm very thrilled with Arizona's defensive pressure. Uh, I think they really mixed up uh, ASU and and ASU couldn't do much as you see by the stats. Uh, How about you? What do you think?
1: I, I agree. And I mean, this, if you look at the stats all across the board, it's a pretty it's a pretty much of a beatdown. I mean, you remember we were talking uh, just yesterday about the fact that Arizona was using its defense to hold teams to the mid 30s. And they went to 32 percent pretty much for field goal percentage, while Arizona did a, an astounding 56 percent uh, field goal percentage. And then, I mean, one of the things you're is that if ASU starts getting on a roll with the threes, but they really just started chucking them up there. They went for 26 of them to get uh 23%. That's just gonna, that's just not going to win you any games. It's the same criticism we had against Arizona. Whereas Arizona had a remarkable, a remarkable 53% for 10 for 19 shooting from three. That is just I mean, that's, you know, if you're starting to shoot like that, particularly if you take into account that Kirk Crease had to toss a few up there uh, to try to get his arm, to, you know, try to get the feel of the, uh, get his shoulder back uh, into play, and they didn't look particularly good, but he finally dropped one. But in general, uh, so I read it, I I went and looked at a lot of uh, discussions, and I, of course, listened to the press conference afterward from Bobby Hurley, and their basic statement was, you know, we hung with them as much as we could, but Arizona quickly came with a game plan that took us out of the the whole points in the paint situation, uh, switched, Arizona again dominated with points in the paint, Uh, and he, he said they just ran out of gas. And that was the same that was the same message that Desmond was making. And everybody was saying was that it it was just they left it all on the floor on the previous night at USC.
0: Yeah, it just felt like there was not much left in the tank for ASU. Um, They couldn't get anything inside. I thought our our bigs did a great job defending the inside. Uh, And then, like you said, it got to the point where ASU felt like they were just chucking up
1: threes. They, they sure were. They sure were. And I mean, they, they turned into street ball at points, and I, I think we goaded ASU into go, into playing fast, and so it just got chaotic, and it was and we ended up playing pretty crazy ball too, where one player was just trying to do everything. Just we were running back and forth, and each side just kept turning it over, throwing a crazy shot. And, and it was going back and forth like that a couple of times. It was just got a little out of hand there in the second half. But uh, in the end, I mean, I think ASU really, you could tell from their shots, you could tell from the players' energy and stuff, they just weren't uh, they just weren't there, and we just kept coming.
0: Yeah. Jason Shear from Wildcat Authority, he said in his podcast that uh, Arizona won this game uh Two weeks ago when Arizona <laughs> lost to ASU on that 60 foot buzzer beater, which we were so sick of seeing every single you know moment, including, including last, last night, including last night. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, he said that Arizona won this game You know, two weeks ago when that happened, uh, because there's no way or no chance that ASU was going to win this game uh, with the motivation Arizona had and uh, they just weren't going to let it happen.
1: I, I felt that that was the case, too. I felt that uh, Arizona had a mission, a clear mission, as we call this revenge tour, seems to really, uh, really be motivating the team. And this was kind of also, bef- I, I, we'll talk about UCLA later, but I think to some extent, too, the, having UCLA win at the end of the season and putting Arizona back on with the chip on its shoulder for the revenge tour is going to help for tonight. But in this case for ASU, we came full on. I mean, we really got, we really stayed on top of them. We made their three, we challenged their three point shots. We made the, uh, it really difficult in the paint. I mean, we had really balanced scoring and w- with, the, with the tipping of the points in the paint from 40 for Arizona with only 22 for uh, ASU, that's a huge difference right there. And that's what it should look like for us. When you sit there and see points in the paint like that and then you see the three point shooting that we've had, how balanced is that?
0: Not only that, but the rebounds, too.
1: Arizona did a really good job rebounding 44 to
0: 29. Um, those are kind of the stats I like looking at are the points in the paint and the rebounds. How did we do with rebounding? Uh, and I, you know, I don't get it when we don't rebound well because we have two of the best bigs in the game. And we have, you know, pretty athletic guards that can get in there. Uh, so it just is always mind-boggling when we don't rebound well. And against ASU, we did a wonderful job of that. Um, we also had some bounce scoring, like we've been talking about here. Two balls had 17, Raimi had 9, Larson with 11, Ballo 14, Henderson 14. Creasa had 5 points, but he also had 7 assists and 0 turnovers. Um, so he did what I think he could. I know he jacked up a bunch of 3s. And, and my problem with Kerr wasn't that I wanted Tommy to bench him. I never want him to bench him in that point. I wanted... Kerr to just stop shooting. I want him out there and there's a reason he's out there because I do think he's one of the better point guards in the league, um, obviously with the assists that he's had throughout the whole season but I, I don't think he needed to keep shooting those threes like that. I think he could have done more to, to assist and get other guys involved <laughs> Um, I'm glad he finally made one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, you know and to some extent I agree with you on that and I was still in the same way and you've even heard Bill Walton say it in the game because during the stand you and I talked about it in our cast on uh, the Stanford game that uh that Kirk Crease seemed a lot more focused as a point guard in that game when he after he had the injury because then he couldn't shoot and then it was all about getting the ball to the right guys that he's just seemed more on point and uh, no pun intended but more on point and more focused and he seemed a bit more accurate in what he was doing. So, uh, yeah, he. I think th- the reason I think that uh, that Tommy gave him the go-ahead and told him to shoot was he, he felt that he's probably close, that he needs to break that seal and he needs to get that shot going before the UCLA game, and that he felt it was probably benign to have him miss a few during the ASU game. And if he could get him to, to get to the point where he starts feeling comfortable shooting in the game environment, that'll come in handy tonight. So I thought about that, too. But, yeah, even Bill was saying, Kerr, stop shooting! Yeah,
0: right, right. <laughs> he's he's such a good passer, so you know, stick to what you're good at, especially if you're not able to contribute in that way. But I do get your point that yeah, it'd be nice to get him a few threes or a few shots go down, get that confidence back up. Because when you have an injury like that, especially against the same exact team he had an injury last year against, you don't want to sit there and go, okay, here we go again, same team, same you know, an injury happened. Um, you want him to be able to come out with confidence and continue to play well. And so I, I do get
1: that. Um, and, and we're such a balanced team uh, mm-hmm. in, in the game. again In the game uh, last night and the night before, we were very balanced. And uh, it's the key to winning, I think, also at UCLA and it would be a tough situation if he comes out and he's completely tentative and we what we probably would make it much easier for ucla is if he doesn't choose to shoot bobby hurley in the press conference after the game said well we knew he was injured so we didn't guard him Uh he actually said that he said Uh we we backed off on guarding him he just wasn't an offensive threat and so, but it, that's not going to happen tonight with UCLA, I don't think. I think he'll be ready to go. And so that'll, that'll certainly have a different dimension to it. Right, right. Um, so going back to
0: ASU, with that loss, their season now technically is over other than the tournament. Uh, do you believe that they are in the field of 68 come tomorrow?
1: I, I, I think they are. I think they have to be in. I think they'll, they'll be one of the last ones chosen in, but I think they have to be in. Their body of work is significant with the number of wins they have and the number of uh, wins. I think they have like 12 wins away from uh, away from desert Financial. So these are road wins and they have some good quality wins. Of course, we're, we were one of the most impressive one. So I think that they're in. I, I'm pretty so- solid that they're in. I think that USC and Arizona both, uh, Arizona State both get in.
0: I do, too. I thought ASU beating, obviously, Oregon State, uh,
1: but then controlling that USC game from
0: the tip was very crucial. And then, you know, they hung in as long as they could with Arizona. They've already proven that they can win the game at McHale. Uh, so that helped them quite a bit. So, yeah, I agree. I think they're in. Um, they are going to have to sweat it, though. It's not a for sure thing. You know, you and I are Pac-12 uh, believers. We, we love the Pac-12 and we love everything college basketball, but uh, just because you know, we think he's, they're in doesn't mean that they actually will be. So it will be a sweat. Uh, but I would feel confident if I was them that they're going to yeah, be in. We, yeah, we're,
1: we're, we're you know, diehard Pac-12 uh, fanatics. And we're going to really promote and say that Pac-12 teams deserve to be in. We're not so much as uh, Bill Walton is where he said last <laughs> night they should just have the top conference. To, uh, our conference tournament should be the championship. But uh, <laughs> let all 12 teams in. So we're not yeah. that. But uh, still... <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I get Washington state being decent,
1: you know, they're better than they have
0: been in the recent years. Um, but, Advocating for them to be in the tournament with their resume, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> exactly, because one of the
1: things you have to state uh, for, uh, for Arizona State, for uh, for uh, Stanford, for Washington State, for everybody, you have to take ownership for your body of work. You can't neglect the fact that for Stanford, for example, that you started the season poorly. You must take ownership for that, otherwise the season doesn't matter till the end. You must take ownership for your whole season, and you must play the whole way through. It's a lo- it's a long season. It's it's it can be pretty long, but you have to play all the way through that. And you only get a limited w- window too for non-conference games to really show what you're made of. And to just neglect that and say that teams deserve to be in, and just because they started playing well to the end is just not fair.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, so that speaks to kind of Arizona. And why maybe sometimes we think that Arizona is underachieving, even though really they're probably overachieving this year, right? Losing three NBA players, um, you know, nobody really expected them to be what they are. And so our non-conference really set us up to higher expectations maybe than, uh, than we actually should be having. Um, because Arizona played fantastic in the
1: non-conference, but then they started losing Pac-12 games. Yeah, and I think I think the reason we're we're doing that, and you're right, Arizona, by all intents and purposes, we like to uh, point out to all of us Arizona fans, you should be pretty happy with what you got here. This it's uh, it's pretty amazing when you think about it that you lose three, uh, you know, two first rounds, one second round draft pick, and pretty much the top guys off of the team, and still still you'd be in the situation in the top 10 and in the potential discussion for a one seed but more realistically a two seed in the NCAA tournament after that and then to put uh, and then to put Tommy as the most successful coach in his first two seasons as well that's just that's mind blowing but at the same time i think it's a, it, because we're arizona fans and we saw what their potential was to lose to a a team outside of the net top 50 is hard to take because it just doesn't make sense. And that was where all of our losses occurred, except for UCLA, um, you know, all of our losses were occurring that way. And it was just tough to understand because, you know, when you look at the other top 10, top 15 teams, their losses are typically the teams that you, for the most part, not always, but I would say the vast majority of them, you look at Purdue's losses or others, you say, yeah, okay. Those are quad one type of losses that you, you face, but, that's not what Arizona did for most of its season. So that was what was a bit frustrating and why we complained. But believe us, we're proud of the Cats more than uh, more than uh, it just about anybody could be.
0: Another reason to move to the Big 12,
1: right? Because every loss you get will be a quad one loss. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about that, how that would certainly change. But of course, what, what we would do is we would, sit, we would sit there and start ripping through it and stuff and have uh, amassed the most quad one wins seen. Right, right. It's going to
0: be interesting how that's going to play out. We won't discuss that necessarily here, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this conference realignment works out.
1: Uh, I, I have to say that after the ASU game, uh, listening uh, in the, the postgame conference, uh, they were very complimentary to Arizona. Yes, they did state both Bobby Hurley and uh, Desmond and others did state uh, that they were retired and so forth. But they said Arizona it gave all the credit to Arizona. And I have to say uh, it, that was completely fair in the same way we gave credit to ASU for having the shot to win that game at McHale. I feel like the rivalry has almost become nicer since Tommy Lloyd has gotten here. It, it has. I mean, you could see, you could see at the end of the uh, game, I think it looked like uh, Tommy was perhaps telling uh, Bobby Hurley at the very end or in the uh, lineup that, uh, that issues in.
0: Yeah. I got that sense too. It, it looked like, you know, Tommy was saying, Hey, you guys are going to make it. And, uh, and yeah, I, I hope they do. I think they will, but yeah, Tommy did a great job. Um, and congratulating and and Bobby you know Bobby's a good coach for you our ASU excuse me Bobby's a great coach for ASU I think he's perfect for ASU um, so hopefully they get in hopefully they get a chance because I do think ASU is going to be a dangerous team in the NCAA tournament I would not want to face them uh, you know we've already done it three times so pass on to the next team uh, but I think they can win a few games in the NCAA tournament
1: I do too, and I think one of the things that Bobby might wanna look at, uh, he mentioned something that I thought quite a bit, which was if you watch the way ASU plays and how frantic and uh, how quickly they run and scatter and uh, and chase uh, across the court and do crazy things, one of the things that occurs to you is how long can you maintain that? It's Mm -hmm. just, you're just burning too much energy. And what typically happens is they start to struggle a little bit towards the end to make shots drop because they're tired, they're fatigued and then of course uh, he he agreed that after 3 days in a row of that type of frenetic pace that they normally do that he likes to have them run that they were just burned out that they couldn't maintain that well he might want to think about uh, about the strategy he wants to use when they have to do to make it through the tournaments if he gets in how to uh, how to kind of contain the pace but still try to keep that defense up to the high level that he's he's used to
0: yeah, and to give ASU some credit here, I mean, they played Oregon State first, fine. You know, we all knew they were going to win that game. But then you have a very high-intensity, emotional game against USC, a team that previously beat you in L.A., uh, in a game in which ASU probably could have won, um, but they didn't. And then you've got to face Arizona again. And let's just say maybe they beat Arizona in the Pac-12 tournament. Then you have to face UCLA. So it would have been an amazing feat for ASU to win this whole thing. Uh, You know, props to them for getting as far as they did. But Arizona is just too much. And even if they
1: beat Arizona, they would have had to go against UCLA. And that would not have been fun. That would not have been fun. And I think, uh, to be honest and stuff, that would have been a very anticlimactic championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad that it turned out the way it did. And I think so is m- most so are most basketball fans glad that it turned out the way it did, because now we get round three and uh, winner takes all match, match up here. I, uh, there's that question of which matters more—the Pac-12 tournament or the Pac-12 regular season title. But in this case, it's just look. We split. Forget that for the moment. Just think of this. We split uh, the regular seasons. Let's come on. Let's go best of three here and see who uh, who who's the uh, winner. <laughs> so let's
0: let's get into that. So Aaron, also
1: also I want to Bill Walton up because he's a little too UCLA. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He, he he thinks his team in Jaime Hawkins is is, a, is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and the best the, the world has ever seen in the history of college basketball, so we need we need to bring him back down to earth.
0: He is very complimentary of Arizona until Arizona plays UCLA, then it switches.
1: And the, yeah, and then suddenly uh, UCLA is almost like Space Jam gods of basketball. <laughs> they're they're the monsters. That's
0: right. <laughs> but they might they might not be tonight because they are without Jalen Clark and potentially without Adembona. So, yeah. Uh, I, what do you think of that? Do you well? Did you
1: are you ready to start talking about the UCLA game? Or yeah,
0: you want to UC, UCLA versus Arizona at eight thirty p.m. Arizona time tonight, the championship of the Pac-12 tournament in Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, so, yeah, I, I haven't heard anything recently whether Adembona is playing or not. I think they're keeping that pretty close to their vest.
1: Yeah, uh, that's what I was going to ask you about, is what, you, what you're thinking on that, because uh, will, he, will he show up or won't he?
0: Look, when Arizona plays a team that has an injured player, that injured player is healed immediately because Arizona. That's what
1: happens. Arizona heals all. That's it. That's, that's the same thing I was thinking, is that I, I think what the, what might happen, and we'll see if it actually plays out, is that he'll he'll show up the subject we'll see him and if suddenly he's got magically doesn't act like he has any injury.
0: Yeah, it's tough because you know, you're in the NCAA tournament, you know, you're either a one or a two seed, you know, it is important to win the Pac-12 tournament and they haven't done so in 10 years. So it'd be really nice. You know, they may not get this opportunity. Obviously they won't get this opportunity because they're leaving. Uh, so it'd be nice to kind of go out with a big win, but if it makes you lose a Dembona for the season uh, you know that's a risk you got to balance. You know, do we uh, want to take that risk and win the Pac-12 title or championship tournament championship, or do we want to save a Bona for the NCAA tournament? Save him for
1: the tourney is what they should do. I mean, it, that's that, uh, that's what I think. I think that if he if there's any chance that he's not up to it, but I'm sure what Mick will say is that he'll listen to his trainers and to them uh, to see what he says. And uh, I just think that if I if I'm the coach, I'm really tr- the Tournament is what you really got to. You really got to get prepped for.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's go over some keys to the game. Uh, my keys to the game are rebounding and take care of the ball. Uh, if you remember from last game at Pauley, uh, Arizona had 17 turnovers, and a lot of those were just passes directly to UCLA, uh, and then they were out rebounded 38 to 32, and they gave up 11 offensive rebounds. So they cannot do that tonight. They need to rebound better. And they have to take care of the ball.
1: I agree. And the other, so one of the things <clears throat> we need crisp interior passing. The key to the last two games was points in the paint and mm-hmm. interior, interior, uh, interior ball play, getting it to the bigs, the big scoring, balance scoring, and then also when the bigs are covered, tossing it outside and having the open three. Remember, in the last game, uh, our statistics suggested that we probably should have won that thing because. Uh, I mean, our three-point percentage was 40% versus 27.3, uh, 27% for uh, UCLA. Our field goal percentage was 47% versus 42 for UCLA and all of that. But that turnovers, is the, as we talked about in that particular cast, the fact that we turned it over and they got a lot of points off of that really hurt us. And one of the things that we need to do, a key to the game, contain Tiger Campbell. Do yeah. not let him get kind of like what you saw us doing in the last two games but one of the things that i do not like is i can't that really drives me nuts is when I see an Arizona guards when they're guarding somebody at uh, guarding the guard up at the top of the key and they uh, he 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 gets past the screen then all of a sudden they're chasing behind him and guarding him from behind instead of st- uh, somebody switching and getting in front of him and giving uh, and, and preventing him from driving to the hoop or taking the open shot from 10 feet out. And that's yeah. Tiger Campbell's thing. That's what Tiger Campbell does.
0: And the two guys, and I love both these guys, but the two guys that are most guilty of that are uh, Courtney Ramey and uh, Kylan Boswell. They both, if they get beat, they end up guarding from the back. And I'm sitting there yelling at the TV going, why are you guarding from the back? You're not going to be able to block the shot. And yeah, sure that's
1: it. You yeah. should, they, they, they need to switch up and help each other so that if someones but a lot of the times they do, they're pretty good at times about when so, when someone goes around, they uh, they they, some, they switch up. And, and just keep somebody in front of him so he doesn't so they don't run it in the open but as you remember from the last game tiger found that spot where balla wouldn't move up he would stand hold on to the paint and so he would not move up and tiger found that spot right up by the free throw line and just dropped it
0: uh-huh. yeah and i don't know if you know this i'm i'm hoping you do but maybe arizona doesn't uh, david singleton is a three point shooter what well,
1: david singleton's a three point singleton's a three point shooter just because he was the most prolific in the back 12 gosh you might want to guard him.
0: <laughs> I tell you what, we did such a great job in the first game in Mikhail And then at Pauly, we just couldn't guard him. And, you know, he was nailing
1: everything. He shot so well. And he, most of the times he, the part that really drove me nuts about that by the time he, I think he hit like five of them or something like that. He, by the t- when he was doing that, he was often unguarded when he shot. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, why are you taking, leaving the, uh, the, uh, three-point shooter unguarded no one's trying to challenge that no hand in his face nothing right and these
0: tournaments these you know conference tournaments they mean something and especially to Tommy Lloyd if you saw his face last year when they won the Pac-12 tournament championship he was elated he was so excited Um, you can tell this means a lot to him so if, if you're Arizona bring it guys, you know, bring the energy, bring the intensity. This is what it's all about. It's Arizona, UCLA. This is what the nation wants in a Pac-12 championship tournament game. Uh, So just have fun, but bring it, bring the energy, bring intensity.
1: I'm going to ask Arizona to do another thing. Get to the free throw line against UCLA and make your free throws. Let's not shoot in the mid sixties. UCLA shot 20 of 22 free throws in that last game at 91%. Did you hear that Arizona? 91% from the free throw line with 22 attempts. Let's uh, let's try to take that out of being a factor by making our free throws and getting to the line ourselves, which is normally we do. We usually lead with that because our two bigs get fouled, particularly Ballo. He's not necessarily the one though, who's going to give you a high free throw shooting percentage though. Right. And you know,
0: that's where a lot of Tiger Campbell's points came from. He had 21 points in that game at poly
1: And he shot 11 for 12 from the free throw line. So that was killer. That's just, that's just giving it to them too. And that's also when you start fouling, if you start fouling them a lot and they start making a lot of free throws, you as you remember in that uh, game, we were kind of taking off with it uh, and we were really starting to pound them. And then there was a switch uh, that happened where they suddenly took over. And one of the things that will do that when you're starting to get into a rhythm is that there's a lot of fouls. And of course they start making the shots, the foul disrupts our game. Our foot comes off the gas and it just, uh, it just becomes a different game, and it did. Right.
0: Uh, I, I'm going to give Arizona the edge on this one, uh, mostly because, A, we're playing in Vegas, which is Wildcat country. We all know that. It's McHill North. You can't argue that. Uh, B, it's not UCLA's senior night, and it's not a UCLA home game. Uh, so I think those factors, I would give Arizona the edge. Also, it depends on who's playing. If Adem Bona does play, then that changes things a little bit. But if he doesn't, and Jalen Clark is out, if you're Arizona, you're worried about three guys at the most, David Singleton, Tiger Campbell, and Jaime Jaquez. And if those guys aren't rolling, UCLA could be in some trouble.
1: I, I agree. And w- last time we talked at the after the UCLA game about the motivating factors and said that that really made it tough. And given those motivating factors, given we were playing on senior night at home – a nine-point loss just doesn't seem that bad, considering the previous year it was a 16-point loss with uh, three NBA draft picks. But in this particular game, Arizona has a uh, Arizona has the same motivation, the number one motivation for both sides is to win a championship, right? This uh-huh. this isn't this isn't the last game of the season. This isn't for the Pac-12 regular season championship. This is for the tournament championship. Both sides are motivated by that. Uh, Arizona, of course, has an additional motivation, and that is revenge right not going to go in and take this lightly that they were beaten last time we're not just we're not going to do that I don't think I think they're going to it's going to be a chip on our shoulder that's going to help give extra motivation so I think what we'll see is really uh intense defense yep and currently Tommy Lloyd
0: is eight and oh in Vegas um so I think he likes Las Vegas uh you know they just like T-Mobile Arena and What's great is if Arizona can win this game, if they win the Pac-12 tournament championship, there is a chance that Arizona becomes the number two seed in the West. And if that's the case and Arizona gets past their first two games, then they will be playing in Las Vegas. And guess where they're playing at in Las Vegas? T-Mobile Arena.
1: T-Mobile Arena. But one thing I would say related to that, just as a note, is that if Things worked out the way they were set today and you and I commented on this after uh, Joe Lenardi updated his bracketology and the way he has it currently set up is UCLA would be the number two seed in the West and Arizona would be the number two seed in the Midwest with Kansas as the one seed in the Midwest and uh, Houston number one in the West. Now, to be honest, I really like the bracket he put us in. If it had played if it plays out that way, and we ended up in the Midwest, but with that bracket versus having the number one being Houston in uh, the West, kind of take that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I like the bracket that he has us in. Um, I'm not afraid of Houston per se. And, and if we're the two seed, we wouldn't see them until the elite eight anyways. And who knows what's gonna happen. This has been such a weird year. And Houston hasn't played anybody in their conference, kind of like Gonzaga how Gonzaga doesn't really play anybody and and Gonzaga has made some runs. I'm going to give them credit for making runs deep into the tournament, Uh, but you know, who knows who can upset them and and take them out early. So uh, I'm torn because yeah, the Midwest bracket looks very tasty right now and I would love to play those teams, uh, especially Kansas. I think Arizona could take on Kansas. Speaking of which real quick, a little insider report here, breaking news, Kansas lost to Texas in the big 12 championship by 20 points.
1: Texas was always up by. Te- Texas spent most of that game up double digits and just kept it going. Kansas made it, brought it close, but it pretty much stayed a double digit game the whole way through.
0: Yeah, and all credit to Kansas and Bill Self, and I think they're a great school, great, great team. But I think Arizona has the horses to compete with guys like that. Um, Houston is just a different animal, and it's just a
1: bad matchup for Arizona. So I agree with you. Uh, it's just uh, that's it I'm not afraid of Houston and in, in the end if you want to be a champion you have to be able to beat uh, any team that you play along the way even if it is a Houston proof it's truly are the champion but it's just like you said I want that matchup at the, uh, towards the end not in the middle as we got it last year where it seemed almost unfair to get Houston as a five seed and have to take them on so early because uh, I, it'd be nice to get uh, I certainly want Tommy to get a final four to cap off what's a pretty remarkable year Right.
0: Well, I'm going to make my final stance right now. I want Arizona to win tonight and I want Arizona to be the two seed in the West with Houston as the number one, because we're going to continue this revenge tour.
1: <laughs> I like that would be an awesome, uh, that would be awesome revenge. I think, uh, so I have to just let uh, all the fans know, Ricky made an awesome graphic yesterday showing uh, showing the Grim Reaper uh, <laughs> ripping through some doors with the logos of the teams that we've destroyed on the revenge tour. So the Pac-12 tournament has almost been the, uh, you know, the hallmark of the revenge tour with this, with all the games being those teams that we lost to the last time. And all three of the games just turned out that way. If, anyone's, nice if that.
0: anyone's interested in seeing that picture, you can I'm, do some self-promotion here. You can hop on Twitter and go to at Ricky C. Garrett, R-I-C-K-Y-C, the letter C, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. And uh, you can see that picture posted on there, but yeah, it was just fun to make. I've seen that that meme of the Grim Reaper, you know, knocking on doors. Usually, it's for um, for like crypto, uh, you know, certain price levels were hit. Uh, but then I thought, you know, what? This would be fun to take this and add Stanford and ASU and then UCLA, and we're knocking on the door, waiting for them. Uh, I just thought that would be a funny funny graphic.
1: But but think of the think of the uh, how that worked out that the Pac-12 tournament would end up being a pure revenge tour for us. Every team that we played was the one that we lost to the last time we played them.
0: Yep, it's perfect. And that's why I think let's go into the West and let's play Houston again. I want to beat them, show everyone that Arizona can't hang with Houston, and let's go to the Final Four this year.
1: I I, I love it. That's what I I would love that. I would love that. And, and just like all the others who, other Arizona fans, we're going to find some way to get there if we can.
0: That's right. That's right. Arizona fans travel well. They're the best fans in the country. Uh, So, and we're seeing that right now in Las Vegas. We always see that in Vegas. They they do such a great job in showing up and uh, rooting on the cats and making sure we get those wins in Las Vegas. Uh, Anything else, Ed, before we head out and get ready for Arizona UCLA tonight?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Actually, I would like to just kind of give a little uh, tournament note. Ricky and I were at the Pac-12 tournament last year in Las Vegas at T-Mobile, and as it worked out, the championship game was Arizona and UCLA. The buzz, the excitement, the tension, the uh, camaraderie, the all of it—that it is just amazing when you're there. And I'd just like to tell you—you you can imagine now that uh, is sitting right now, getting ready to go into the championship game at T-Mobile just before that happens. That same feeling is going to be there again. If you've never experienced it. One time you got to put it on your bucket list when this type when this is happening. in Arizona's good season to be able to go there. I know that this is the you know the matchup between UCLA and Arizona won't happen like that in the Pac-12 again. But there certainly are always some great matchups, and the tournaments are a great environment to be able to celebrate college basketball with uh, with other people who are feeling the same way.
0: Hundred percent agree. Um, one more thing, real quick, is I showed you that. Uh, chart the JG trends and they talk about closing and Arizona score differential by lineup Um, this was for last night's game against ASU and there are three different lineups where they measured Tubelis, Ballo, Henderson, Ramey, Creasa and then Tubelis, Ballo, Larson, Ramey and Boswell and then our closer uh, unit Tubelis, Ballo, Larson, Ramey and Creasa and that last Unit was the one where we were stuck at 56 for a while, and ASU started to make a little run, and they got back to within 56 to 52, I believe, uh, and then Arizona just went on an explosion of points, and so it's that lineup of Tubelis, Ballo, Larson, Ramey and Kreisa. So if we see that lineup late, you know, who knows? Maybe UCLA might be in trouble.
1: That's it. We just if we play the defense and, and can contain uh, Jaime Hawkes and uh, and uh, Tiger Campbell, I think that they will be in trouble. All right, everyone. So
0: thanks for listening to our podcast tonight. Uh, We hope that you guys watch that UCLA-Arizona game, Root on the Wildcats. And let's hope that Arizona comes out with a victory. Uh, Ed, thank you so much for being on. And uh, bear down. Go Cats.
1: And everybody, uh, stay tuned. They'll listen to our cast after the game. We'll we'll kind of wrap it up, wrap up the Pac-12 tournament.
0: All right, guys. Thank you. Talk to you soon.